0: Welcome to Redirected, a show all about life's pivotal moments. We sit down with celebrities, athletes, and entrepreneurs in hopes to gain inspiration, guidance, and hopefully some entertainment with each and every episode. My name is Andrew East, and I'm your host. And The reason I created this show is because I myself have experienced so many redirections, having transitioned from being an engineer to a professional athlete to ultimately being a social media entrepreneur and expanding beyond that. And I'm not here to teach you how things are supposed to be done or to tell you the best way to go about things. My goal with this is to ultimately try to bring you stories that might tap into your experience that you're going through right now. And so today's guest is Cedric Thompson. And Cedric and I first connected uh, nine months ago after I got cut by the Jaguars. And I was introduced to him by actually you guys, my fans and friends uh, who said that Cedric Thompson was a guy out there who was doing something similar to me where he was bouncing around the NFL, trying to find his way and documenting all of his journeys on social media. And so over the past couple of months, Cedric and I have uh, built a pretty strong relationship and I found myself in Minnesota really excited to be able to meet up with said and have this conversation said is incredibly wise and he has some great things to say you'll notice that I am honestly seeking advice from him as I look to pursue my NFL career and wisdom and how to do that Um, but I first wanted to talk about this week's weekly redirect and that is the fact that we are in Boston right now Sean and I are in Boston and I'm getting ready to run the Boston Marathon and so by the time this episode airs I should be on the course Um, knocking out my 26.2 miles. So if you guys think about it, give me a quick prayer if you don't mind, or give me a fist bump uh, from wherever you are and I'd highly appreciate it. It's my first marathon. I'm really excited. We're doing it with Cliff Bar and, uh, and their charities. And so on that note, I wanted to talk to you guys about some products that could redirect your life. And I wear an Apple watch, which has been absolutely crucial to my training. The most important metric that I like to track is my heart rate. And so just to see how well uh, I slept and what my resting heart rate was versus what my heart rate get ups, gets up to during training and how that's changed over time. So um, that's been really, really fun to track and I think an important metric. Uh, so if you guys are looking for a fitness tracker, obviously there's a lot out there, but I feel like the Apple Watch is as versatile as it gets. and um, I've enjoyed wearing mine. Last thing, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Himalaya, which is my favorite app to listen to podcasts on. The interface is great, and it's got all of your favorite shows on there. So if you don't have your system down from what you listen to podcasts, I'd highly recommend Himalaya. It's got a great interface. And if you think about it, download the app and follow the show redirected on there. Without further ado, I wanted to introduce you guys to Cedric Thompson. If you want to find more of Cedric online, you can find him on Instagram and YouTube at As Said By Me. And the link should also be in the description down below.
1: Cedric, I appreciate you sitting down with me, man. Of course, bro. It's about time we finally met, bro. We've yeah. known each other forever. That's right. I feel yeah. like we have. Yeah. But we yeah. really kind
0: of met in uh, September mm-hmm. or August mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. I got cut from the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And you reach out to me and mm-hmm. um, we did kind of a remote collab, which was fun. Mm-hmm. You dropped some words of wisdom <laughs> on the <laughs> audience, but uh, it's really cool. I'm excited to be sitting down with you because I feel like, honestly, you and I have very parallel stories mm-hmm. and you're way wiser than i am so i'm excited to get your perspective i'm gonna let you mostly just preach but the flow of the show usually goes like this kind of i kind of like to start off asking about people's background and mm-hmm. the context that they grew up in so you could just start there
1: if you're good with that yeah of course um so i'm originally from uh los angeles california i'm from the inner city um I have i guess i go through all the simple thing. to have a younger brother younger sister and i kind of come from a rough background um none of my family ever graduated high school uh, let alone went to college and i was that's my daughter uh and i was the, i was the um first person in my family to graduate high school and let alone go to college and into and, and also into the nfl so all my life has been um overcoming adversity and making sure that no matter you know what people tell you that you couldn't do something that you Work your butt off and get it come true, and that's my living testimony throughout my entire life. um Yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. I can talk go super deep into it. Yeah, yeah. That's well, kind of in I'll, I'll help
0: lead you along that path. Okay. But football has largely been the vehicle for mm-hmm. leading you to graduate high school,
1: leading mm-hmm. you to you got a
0: scholarship to Minnesota. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, I did. That's mm-hmm. crazy. How, mm-hmm. When did
1: you start getting the football? Yeah, so I so where I'm from, it's a, you got a couple of choices. You you know you game bang, uh, you play sports, or you did music. And for me, uh, a lot of my older cousins play football, and it was something that I've always, I always just loved competing. I always like loved competition, and um, I decided to play football because that's what my cousins did. And so we, my parents, have finally put me, my brother, in football. And it kind of just went from there. It was never like I wanted to play football because I was so in love with the sport. For me, it was more like, I like competing, my cousins did it, so I'm gonna do it. And then just over the years, just through working hard, it's just always paid off for me because anything, anything that I put my mind on, I gave it everything that I have, and football was that for me. It was the first time I realized like, okay, if you work your butt off, it'll pay off. And that's kind of just went from there. And then I saw it as a gateway to be the first person in my family to graduate high school and then i didn't really care what college i went to like i just want to go to college and graduate and then by the grace of god like i just got a full scholarship to go to the university of minnesota and got drafted and all that stuff so
0: it's great i feel like uh i'm very grateful for football in the sense that it, it always gave me a reason to stay focused mm-hmm. and like it was always my goal to get a division one scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I made sacrifices that I need to, as far as like social life in high school, which I don't regret at all. Mm -hmm. And it kept me kind of tried and true to that path. Mm -hmm. It sounds like for you, that was even more exaggerated with, with your background, with Mm -hmm. your family situation. I wonder, I wonder has that carried over to like now, just that the mindset of staying absolutely tried and true focused, even though you don't
1: have football anymore. Yeah, it does. But it, it, when I first was done playing, um, it was really hard for me because I realized how much of like my identity was in football. Like I was known as said the football player. Oh, said played for this team, said ran this fast, said did whatever. And for me it was like I was like in a big identity crisis. like man, like I ain't got football no more, so what now? So the 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 but the beauty about playing football is all the things that I learned, like working hard and being structured and understanding that there's a process, that nothing never just comes super easy, like everything worth having is um, worth waiting for. So you just got to work hard and just, w- just keep working and it'll happen. So for me, like with what I'm doing now, like making YouTube videos and um, being a social media influencer, I'm really, really like sc- structured and scheduled Monday through Sunday. And I learned that from football. Like, you know, you walk into the facility and you look at the screen and like from top to bottom they tell you your, your morning until when you walk out the door. So it's things like that, that that I'm grateful for football because now that I look at other – you know people who do what I do who aren't you know structured in that way I know it's because they weren't you know in I don't know if it's sports in general or if it's football but where wasn't in that realm like uh like like we were like you know what it's like walking into the facility and it's like the screen's right there and it tells you everything from minute to minute, minute what you got to do minute. yeah it's yeah. like 5 15 to 6 30 film 6 35 to 7 30 whatever yeah it's like did I repeat the same times <laughs> no did I uh, Sorry.
0: Um, I feel like the Cedric Thompson that I'm talking to now is like super mature. We were just talking, <laughs> you're 26 and I feel like I'm talking to a 40 year old. You got this old man beard going on. Uh, describe, describe the Cedric Thompson that played football at university of Minnesota. I'm curious, like how much have you progressed oh and or
1: matured? So when I first got to the university, um, Mind you, I'm in Minnesota, and I'm from LA, so I'm from the inner city. So I'm used to just seeing like African African Americans and Hispanics. I didn't really see Caucasian people until I came to Minnesota. Um, so when I first came, I was like, I was always really quiet. I did not talk. I like walked into class, like I always kind of walked with my head down, didn't say what's up to people. I just kind of kept my head down. It was when I met my wife is when everything changed for me, where she kind of broke the shell of like being like this kind of hard, hard like headed you know, kid from the hood who just like didn't talk and was kind of like afraid to express his feelings. And my wife broke that for me. So after like, I met my wife my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, that's when I started to open up. But I wouldn't say I was mature, I was really immature. Cause once I started expressing myself, I started expressing myself as like a kid that I was inside because I didn't talk much about how I felt. So throughout the years, like my sophomore, junior, senior, I started to mature and I realized all the experiences that I went through in, a, in my younger years, in my in my teen years, um, that stuff got out, and I realized that I've been through so much that I'm able to um, mature in a way that I realized that, you know, everything in my life happened for a reason. And I should be proud of that. And when I when I realized that in college, I was like, yo, like, you no, know, it's actually pretty cool that I'm opening up because now I'm able to help other people and give feedback and be real because I'm really comfortable with who I am in my my own skin, even though I've been through so much in my life. But I realized once I'm transparent with these people or whoever I speak to. It makes it gives them courage to do the same thing, um, and I learned that in college. And you know, my friends always told me, like, like you, like I, was, I always seem like older than what I was because I was like really like m- mature. But I don't, I don't really think it's maturity thing. I think it's just in life we all go through all these different experiences and we just process information and experiences differently. And for whatever reason, I do the way that I do, and I'm able to, you know, give information and and whatever.
0: What do you? This is a this is a deep question. Okay. And I, well, I I, I talked with Earl Bennett, who was uh, he grew up in poverty, mm. and ultimately played in the NFL after going to Vanderbilt. And he had an answer to this question. But what do you feel like allowed you to break the poverty cycle more or less? Um, I don't want to stereo like place you in a stereotype, but like the of uh, you mentioned, your parents didn't graduate high mm. school. You were in a tough neighborhood where gangbanging was mm-hmm. popular. Like, was it football specifically, or was it Cedric, who, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what, what was the?
1: I've thought about this question a lot, because I've always thought, like, like, even, like, you know, Nipsey Hussle just got killed. Yeah. And, like, a bunch of my, like, my friends got killed, and my cousin my family had got killed. And I was like, what made me so different? Like why, like, why isn't that me? And I remember from a young age, I always just wanted something different. You know what I'm saying? I've always just, like... I would see my cousins and my family do drugs and I see my friends getting jumped and gangbanging. banging. I'm just like, that's not like, what fulfillment is there in that? You know what I'm saying? So like from, from a young age, like I did, I stayed away from drugs, I didn't drink, I didn't do nothing. And all my friends would influence me too and I just didn't, you know what I mean? Because I knew I wanted something different from my life at a young age. I have no idea why but i remember, vividly remember being in middle school because that's when in middle school like that's when drugs and alcohol and like sex and all that stuff comes up because you know you're at that stage where like you're experimental and i remember like my friends would like be smoking and drinking up like my nickname back home is cj like cj come on come on but i'm like nah like i'm good and i would get like i don't, like for lack of a better term like hated for not doing that i just like i just want something different like, i don't see what the purpose of that is not when i think about it, it's like again like all my family like, i have like family who's just like heavily on drugs who's like it's just really bad and I just I don't know I've always just wanted something different and I think having my younger brother and my younger sister I wanted to like break the chain for them to be like you know we we don't have to be this way like we can be different and then you know I graduated high school my brother graduated high school I got a scholarship my brother got a scholarship and it kind of like just the snowball thing happened he got drafted so I think it's a, a kind of a long answer but I think just I've always wanted something different, and I think my younger siblings always had an influence on me to, like, you know, work and, you know, kind of break the chain, that makes sense. You're the
0: oldest sibling? Yeah, I am. Mm. Wow. Mm. Dang, man, what a lead... Like, cut from a different cloth, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. uh, There's a scandal that happened at Vandy, I guess, with a couple of my teammates um, that got wrapped up into something bad. And these are guys that I was was around, like, every day for three years, and Mm. I would have considered them good guys. Mm -hmm. But it's always... I guess humbled me for lack of a better term to realize like, look, they, they went out one night, made a series of bad decisions that now they're in jail for the rest of their life. Yeah, It's like, dude, that could be, that could have been me. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. fortunately my range of bad decisions hasn't skewed that far out, but mm-hmm. like, you know, you, one bad decision yeah. leads to another. And it, it's important to always remember that you're really just like one, Bad decision in a away. Way. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, and that's why I always had to be. Like, yeah, and
1: that's why when I got to college, like all my friends and stuff would go out like to clubs and stuff. I'm like, yo, like I'm not. Because you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. you could just be in the fire, and then your name's just like trashed forever off a of one dumb decision. Yeah. And I always knew that. I'm like, I'm not about to risk everything I've ever worked for for a night out to go have fun and wake up the next day and like forget about it. Like yeah. I want to work for something that's going to stay. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? I'd rather go run and lift weights and go out and drink and whatever and get up the next day and feel crappy and then it takes two days to like flush out my system then i gotta play on saturday like oh that's how my mind works because i care about you know longevity and purpose rather than like having a good time to talk about 20 years later when we're tired or old and it's like that was meaningless yeah. you know what i mean yeah
0: I think I speak for everyone said when I say that you need to do a little more running probably. <laughs> 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 well, I, hate kidding, running, bro. I hate running, dude. <laughs> I feel you man, I feel you. Uh, talk to me about your journey from graduating Minnesota to the NFL. What, mm. Like when did you realize that you could play beyond college and then
1: that whole path? Um so I remember being in college and I always had a confidence about me like I know I can I can do anything I am up in my mind too. And honestly, since as a kid, like, um, I always had this confidence about me that, like, again, if I put my mind to something, I can do it. But it's funny because since a kid, remember, I started playing football. It wasn't because I wanted to play and be in the NFL. I just played it because my parents put me in it. My cousins played it. It was a way to stay out of trouble. And I didn't really start thinking about the NFL until like my junior and senior year of college because uh, I always just cared about like karate, camaraderie with my teammates working hard and trying to win games. And it was my junior year um, – after my last game, we went to a bowl game and we lost. And after your junior year is when agents can contact you. And right when, I, right when I got off, the last game was over. I went to my phone, I get all these emails from these agents. And I'm like, what the heck? And then all these guys like who believe in me say you have NFL talent and whatever. So I'm like, okay, like, I guess this is the next step. It was like, try to go to the NFL. But that was always in the back of my mind. I always just worked hard for my teammates and my coaches and tried to win games, tried to win the big 10 championship. And um, I always knew that I had the talent to play. It was just, you know, if that was for me or not. And so I went to my senior year, had a great senior year, and then, you know, I signed with an agent, and then I just worked hard. And then I was like, I'm going to play the play with the cards that I've been dealt. And that was really it. It was nothing. It was never like, i got to get to the league. It was never nothing like that for me. Up
0: until that point where you're getting emails from agents, what was the goal post-college? No-
1: I don't know didn't even have one no i think it was just like graduate college it was it's and it's funny because my whole life I've never had like i want to do this it was just more like just trust the process like if you ask anybody i'm like such a like go with the flow kind of guy i just ride the wave and kind of just whatever happens I kind of deal with it and trying to just go through the situation and trust there's a lesson to learn in every situation and we'll just see what happens. I've always been like that, which is a blessing and a curse because my wife hates that I'm like that because she's like a really big planner and I'm just like, everything will be cool. And just in my life, just the way that I've grown up, like I've had so many like, not bad, but like I went through some hard things where I had to like kind of just wait it out and trust it. And if I can do that in bad times, I can do that in, you know, good times is just going through life. So I've never like had a goal, just like I'm in college. And some, What'd you it. study? Business and marketing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: You ended up getting drafted.
1: Yeah, so I got drafted to the Miami Dolphins uh, the fifth round, like 100 and something. I forgot what it was. But I got drafted and then was there my first year. Uh, it was one of the hardest years of my life. Dude, being Miami in is like, if you're from Miami. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> though. it's like Miami was probably the hardest year of my life. Uh, it was uh, – a big wake up call for me in the sense that I realized that when I got to the league, it wasn't about football anymore for, for the NFL's perspective in my own. Um, I didn't really come from a lot of money growing up and when I went to the NFL, you know, I got, you know, a significant amount of money and it was like, um, I thought I can like take care of my family and all this stuff. And like is everybody around you starts to like change and stuff. and like, it was just really tough. And then I got released uh, that year. Because Miami was just not the fit for me. Like, I mean, you can tell how I am right now. Like Miami just is not for yeah. me.
0: I've heard stories. Of- yeah,
1: it just wasn't. Like I didn't really vibe with the players. I didn't vibe with the, the 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 staff. I didn't vibe with anybody. I'm just like, this just isn't me. Like this isn't for me. Like I don't I don't I don't like this. And so after that, um, I didn't want to sign back, so I didn't sign back. And then I went to the Patriots, and I was in love at the Patriots. I loved it. Worked my butt off of the Patriots. I got, like, a bunch of, like, accolades for like, being one of the, the fastest and the strongest and all that stuff. And then played a lot the first preseason game. I played really well. Then the second preseason game, I, like, didn't get a lot of snaps. Like, it was weird. I got, I got in the fourth quarter and, like, I didn't play well because it was, like, you know how football is, but you got to kind of, like, get in the flow. And, like, I just got in cold turkey. Didn't really play that well for, like, the seven, like, like the eight or nine plays that I had. And then I'm walking into the office the next day and they called him the Grim Reaper in the NFL. He was sitting there. He said, Cedric, can I speak to you? And I was like, Yeah, and I already knew what it wasn't like, okay, well, here we go. So walk in and um, the the GM's there and then Bill walks in. And Bill was like, Hey Cedric, like I just really appreciate everything you've done. Like you work your butt up, you're fast, you're strong. Um, we love everything about you, your work ethic. Um, but remember, I told you at the um, in the before camp that you can do everything right in this league, and it just might not work out for you. He's like, this is the case here. He's like, all the people we have in front of you just like are people that like you know have been here, and uh, we trust them. And you know, it's just this isn't the right time. But we really appreciate everything that you've done, and we're letting you. We're letting this is week two. He said we're letting you go right now, so that way with these two weeks you can have a chance to make that roster, which in reality wasn't really beneficial for to me because they were going from whatever the first number is to like 75 or something. So teams are worried about cutting players down, not bringing them in. And after the pages, bro, I was distraught. I was just like, I'm yeah. so done with this. Like, yep. I'm just done. Like, because I worked my butt off, bro. Like, that was the hardest I've ever worked in my life for football. And then to hear it that way after everything that I did and like, it just it just wasn't going to work out for me there. It was just tough. You know what I'm saying? And then I played with the Vikings and got hurt at the Bengals. And I was just like, and then I had my baby and I was just like, I'm done. Like I'm done playing football.
0: How easy was it to make the transition out of the NFL knowing that you already you had already started your YouTube channel, you had something else going for you?
1: Uh. did that it, factor in at all? For me not playing? Yeah. Um wholeheartedly it was because of my daughter, honestly. It was like I really just want to be a dad. I wanted to be here and take care of my baby, and like at that point, I'm not thinking about like anything else. I just want to be a dad. That's how I am. Like, I want to do this, and I'm going to figure out the rest. You know what I'm saying? So like then YouTube started happening, cause I did it. I did it like prior to like being with the, after the Patriots, and I kept doing it for a while, and I realized like oh this is like for real. Like this is like a real job. Like if you like do it right and be structured and work hard, it happens. And then it just happened for me. And then that was like as I was riding a wave. YouTube just kind of like was part of the wave, and that's kind of what I'm riding now. But it was really because I was like, man, I just want to, I want to be here for this little girl's life every day. Like, that's what I want to do. How do you describe what you do to other people? That's a really good question, bro. Because every time somebody asks me what do you do, I just say I'm a, so, I'm a, I'm a social media influencer. I just hope they don't ask what does that mean. I'm like, oh <laughs> and then when somebody asks me like, well, I make, because people are always the first thing they think about is money. Honestly, Right. I'm just like, well, what I do is I work for I make online content and then I work with companies to promote their products and they pay me for that. That's that's what I say. But if I was to explain to somebody, my mission is like I call it a ministry through transparency. I'm really transparent about everything that I go through in my life. And I tell true and honest stories for myself. I'm who I am on camera. Um, And I just want to be transparent with people so they can feel comfortable with themselves and know that like I am who I am. I'm not ashamed of where I'm from this is my life and these are my stories and I hope that you can pull something out of this story to like get you through your day and whether that's motivation or encouragement or you know processing whatever it is that's how I'll explain it
0: what's what's the main message that you can try to convey you alluded to it but like just give me give me give me the summary of like hey you know if you walk away from watching one of my videos I hope you learn this
1: if you were to walk away from one of my videos, I want you to see every video. I package it in a way where I'm telling the story and I'm giving the lesson through myself, and hopefully, whatever I went through, you're able to look at yourself and ask yourself the questions that I'm asking myself. Because I always, I'm constantly asking myself hard questions because that's how I feel like I get better. So with my videos, um, I want you to like see what I went through and kind of look at yourself. Like, you know, I think I go through some 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 of that stuff too, and then kind of look at the what i did as a solution and then see if that works for you if it doesn't that's how i would put it
0: that's cool how much do you let the world see your family your wife and your kid
1: i would say like if i had to give a percentage i would say like i would say like 90% like we talk about our problems on we do talk about our problems and we give solutions and say like how why we went through it and how we got there but there's obviously some things like i'm not about to talk about on camera you know what I mean? Like it's between me and my wife. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There's also things that like, like fun times that I don't share because I just this is just for me and my yeah. family. Like, like for example, I went to Hawaii. I didn't really take my camera. I'm like, this is just for us. You know what I'm saying? Because like this is my job, but I would never put anything before my family ever. And if she, if if my wife wasn't comfortable with this, I wouldn't even do it. You know what I mean? So like, um, I show a lot, but not to where it's like a detriment to like my family and their safety and my family and them being comfortable.
0: It's a hard, it's a hard balance. I, Sean and I, have had a lot of discussions on what's the right balance mm-hmm. to strike when when you're sharing something. I feel like recently, everybody's on this big trend on social media of like being vulnerable and authentic, mm-hmm. and it's like you can't just
1: talk about. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't just do that. because like, yeah. then yeah. the way that I think about it is like. When you do that stuff, you have to be willing to take the punches that come back. Because everybody's 100%. not going to lie. And the thing is, like, you may be like, oh, I don't care what people say. But, like, when people say something, no matter if you doesn't think it bothers you, it seeps in. And if you hear it enough, you start to believe it. You know what I mean? But I have really thick skin. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, I know who I am all the way in and out. Um, but just because I feel that way doesn't mean my wife doesn't feel that way. You know what I mean? She can tell me all the time, like, yeah, it doesn't bother me. But I don't really know that. And it's, not res- it's, it's my responsibility to protect her, but there's no way that I can really know if she's telling the truth or not. You know what I mean? So that's why you have to be careful about what you're sharing. You can't just share stuff all the time. And I think it all depends on the person. Like, are you willing to share that and be able to, like, take the criticism or the constructive criticism? Because I have, like, for example, I call, like, my wife, like, bro. Like, I'm like, bro, what you talking about? Like, bro, this, people, like, get mad at me, but I'm just like, yo, like, what's the deal here? You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's not an Chill issue. Chill out. Yeah, yeah, so, like, you gotta just be aware of like, are you willing to share, and are you willing to take those punches that come back? Yeah, that's the biggest thing I think.
0: I call Sean dude. The
1: people would be tripping.
0: Yeah, man, they don't, they don't like it. They I think, think it's, it. like disrespectful or something. That. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and like you know how I just said, like you have to ask yourself, does that stuff really bother you? So people kept saying that. Then I talked to uh, my friend about it. I'm like, bro, you think it's bad that I call Charlotte, bro? He's like, no, no. He's like, bro, if I were you, I'll just ask her. She, she says. So two days ago, I asked her. I said, Charlotte, do you care I call you, bro? She's like, no. She starts laughing. I'm like, well, do you want me to switch it for like, honey? She's like, don't call me honey. I was um, like, what about babe? She's like, well, I like babe. I was like, so, do you want to switch babe for, bro? She's like, Like, I don't care. I'm like, see, that's what I'm talking about. These people messing with my mind. I had to just make sure that you were like, yeah, fine with that because I didn't really notice that I was doing it until people said something. And that's also what's dangerous because you would do something that's totally like who you are and then people would kind of pick it out and then you start like questioning yourself. Like, oh, do I do this? Do I do that? How do I look on camera? You know how it is like watching film. Like, you don't really realize what you're doing until you watch filming yourself. Like, oh, that was a terrible, <laughs> whatever, a terrible tackle or yeah. something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So
0: Go back and watch some of our old vlogs and I feel that same way. Like, oh my God. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I... I love your story, and I love talking to you. And I'm at a point now – I mean, look, we've both been through this whole journey of kind of – I don't want to say – you were on a faster track to the NFL than I was for sure. You got drafted in the whole thing. And then we documented our journey in the yeah. NFL. I remember the first video I watched of yours was – you in Cincinnati, and you had this awesome dude. You are you are a great filmmaker. Thank you. <laughs> you like set up the camera, and you walked across the bridge. Oh it yeah, was, it, it, like, was yeah great. it was yeah. great. It was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, watch your video of you essentially, you know, calling your agent and saying you weren't going to play anymore. Oh yeah. And we've we've documented very similar things, mm-hmm. and now we're both kind of doing that full time. Mm-hmm. I'm at a point now where I'm still signed with the Redskins and i feel a greater obligation to play football now because the security's there and like you know you get mm-hmm. that, the health insurance mm-hmm. and the retirement plan and mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. that by the way isn't guaranteed as you and i both know um but it's nice when you have it and i'm i feel this obligation but i don't feel like that's what i'm called to do so i think i'm really excited mm-hmm to once again revisit your words of wisdom and where you were at like how how do i proceed how do i make this decision of i've been doing football for my whole life Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's for me anymore
1: yeah so bro the biggest thing that you have to ask yourself is you know is this worth it um i look at football completely different now um Football is a way of expression like anything else. And you express yourself by playing football by being a part of a team, by willing to sacrifice your body, sacrifice your brain, sacrifice family time, sacrifice, you know, health, just in general, mental, physical, spiritual, all of it. Football does that. And for me, um, when I was deciding it, the way that happened in my life is, I did not know what you were going through, I was going through the entire time I was in the NFL like I don't feel like I'm supposed to be doing this and I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. And I wasn't happy. You know what I'm saying? I was not happy at all. Like, but it was what I was since I was little it was what I trained wake up, go to school, practice games, wake up. Same thing over and over. And I was so I was in this cycle for so long that I could I was afraid to leave it because of security, because of complacency, because of it was what was easy for me. It was what I knew how to do. Um and it took me getting hurt to realize that this is, I'm supposed to walk away from this a long time, but that was God telling me it was time for me to walk away from the game. Um, if I was to look back at myself, when I got that thought, like you got, I would have just walked away and just been proud of like, I was able to do this because it takes way more courage to do that, way more courage to do that, to be like, you know, I'm okay with leaving. That is really, really hard. And this is me being like straight up, it was at times when I was in the league, I was like, if I was to tear my ACL, that would probably be better for me because then I could be like, oh, I got hurt. Like, that's the reason why I stopped playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. if I'm being completely honest with you, like that's how deep I was inside of that hole. Like I was willing to like get hurt and be like, oh, I got hurt, so that's why I stopped playing. I was afraid to say, no, I was done. Cause that sounds weak because like, as a football player, you don't supposed to, you're not supposed to do that. You know what I'm saying? And then when I was done playing football, when I was, when I got hurt and I was healed and I was about to start playing again, and I realized I'm about to walk away from this. Like, I'm about to be done, and that's okay. And even when I made a decision, it was still hard for me after. I would question myself, like, am I weak? Should I go back? Like, all these questions, but I kept praying about it and just trusted it, and I'm happy where I am, and I'm happy that I made a decision. But doing it how I did it, um, I never look back on my life and say I wish something was different. But if I would have had the courage to just walk away when I knew that it wasn't for me anymore, I would have done it and I've been afraid cuz most of the time when I was af- made that choice the first thing that came in my mind is what will other people think about me. So
0: bro, I'm I'm completely enthralled in what you're saying. <laughs> I'm supposed to be showing up to the camp in two or OTAs in 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about my dad who you know like, all these people make sacrifices for me to have some football career. I mm-hmm. think like you know think about all the games they went to and mm-hmm how excited everybody is on Mm -hmm. game day. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, this big dream come true. Mm -hmm. And am I, am I selling not only my childhood dream short of, I wanted to play football for 20 years and be the guy, Mm -hmm. but also my family members dreams. And it's like, it's almost like this paralysis Mm -hmm. of, I don't, want to do it yeah yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude i know exactly what you're talking about bro yeah yeah it's tough like today like i'm done playing football my mom still asks me are you gonna go back and play i'm like mama i am done i'm not gonna play and it takes courage for me to say that still i know exactly what you're talking about bro like you are living your dream, but you also feel like you're fulfilling other people's. And then you're you're doing it because all the sacrifices, and how long you've been playing, they come to the game, they wear your jersey, they're going to the they're going to the uh, pregame, whatever you call that stuff. They do all that tailgate, yeah, tailgate. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that right. shows how much of a team I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they do all that stuff, and it's like it feels like it's it almost like an obligation. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like ugh, just it's just feeling of like. I don't know like I know exactly what you're talking about and it's a dangerous place because you you can't live out everybody's expectation of yourself you gotta do what's best for you and your family and who you're gonna raise and your health cause you only have one body you only have one mind uh and you only have one opportunity you have one shot you know what I'm saying
0: I think I'm ab- I legit might cry <laughs> I'm not, I'm not,
1: <laughs> Well, it's tough, bro. It is. It's really, it's really hard.
0: I actually feel like there's nobody else that can talk to me better Mm -hmm. than you can regarding this. So I appreciate that, of course. Um, I've had recent. I've been in a like a mentor group, or I've had a mentor, kind of on like an official basis, where we we have like structured meetings and kind of like which I was hesitant to join, but I'm really glad that this guy did. Approach our relationship like this, where it's mm-hmm. like we meet once a month for three hours, and then in between, like he gives me homework and books to read and all this. And one of the months, he had me do a vision board. Mm-hmm. And I'd never done that exercise before, but I put all the pictures on. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt like materialistic about it. It was mm-hmm. weird because it was like, oh, okay, here's the house I'm living in in five years or 10 years, whatever the timeline is. Here's the car, here's my family. And it was like, it kind of felt weird to. Yeah, yeah. to to be thinking about that stuff cause I never do. But my career was, um, I wanted to reach a million couples. I wanted Sean and I to reach a million couples and positively influence their marriage. Cause I feel like that's most of the content that her, that she and I put out Yeah, and the fulfillment that I've gotten from that and the feedback that you get. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. You get the DMs and you get the messages Mm -hmm. you read the comments Mm -hmm. and it's people like pouring out their heart. Mm -hmm. You've never met this person. You don't know what their face looks Mm -hmm. like. But I've had messages where people say, hey, look, your podcast made my husband or like helped my husband quit his job. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can't even do that myself. You know what I'm saying? But football was not on the vision board. And to me, I know, I know that it's not like I didn't even think literally the whole exercise. It took us four hours. I didn't even think about football one time. But it's like, it's so easy. Dude, I can't. (laughs) This is just a therapy session now. (laughs) It's it's so easy. Hey, what do you do? Uh, I'm in the NFL. And the excitement is, oh, you're in the NFL? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, you know, there's a stigma with Mm -hmm. I make YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. I don't know, dude. It's like, I just, I know that I do know. I just have to summon the courage. Yeah,
1: and it's tough. It is so tough like you have to dig so deep and be so not even sure you have to be so willing to take all the backlash that you're going to get from people because you're doing it for people so that's when you do it if you did it and nobody else cared you wouldn't care it's what everybody else thinks it's saying like yo i'm andrew and i play for the redskins it's like saying that and, like, knowing what that comes with when, like, you talk to somebody. It's, like, ego, and it's, like, pride, and it's, like, yep. acceptance. That's what it is. Like, I used to love when, like, people will say, like, I used to wear a little Miami Dolphins shirt and going on, like, oh, you play for that? oh yes. I love the Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, I play for them. That's the first thing I would say because I love that ego. And then I realized, like, yo, something's wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? If, if all my identity is in this, what happened when it's gone? And that's what happened to me. And I can look back and say, like, I was so caught up in that stuff. I can't live for that kind of stuff. Cuz if I play football for 20 years, I got 40 more years to live. That all that stuff is gone. You know what I'm saying? Once you realize that stuff, you look at things so differently and you can't, like I'm telling you about that like <laughs> that ego pride like stuff like it'll eat you alive, bro. Eat you alive. Yeah. Yeah, sorry.
0: I feel I feel like what is so special about you sharing your journey and why people have connected to your and I's story is because the NFL especially when you're like well you weren't marginal but when you're on the margins or like bouncing around from team to team getting cut Mm -hmm. it's kind of like an extreme version of reality Mm -hmm. where like you know there's people out there who are in a similar position to mine where like they have a secure job Mm -hmm. That maybe they don't want to do but mm-hmm. there's expectations because because mm-hmm. it's their dad's company mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and it's it's a big decision to just pull the plug on that mm-hmm. and walk away mm-hmm. did you struggle with leaving the nfl like what was the was it i'm done i'm a full-time video like creator or was there like two months of depression like like I experienced? <laughs> yeah.
1: For me, it, was, it was once I was done, it was like finding a flow. I used to get up every day at six o'clock, workout, come back, eat, nap, get up, stretch, workout again, come back, eat, chill. Go to sleep, wake up, workout, eat, sleep. That's what was my clock every day, every day. I didn't have to do that anymore. So now I'm just, like, stuck. Like, what am, what am I supposed to do? So it wasn't, like, depression. It was more like, I felt lost, but I wasn't depressed because I knew, like, everything was going to be okay because I'm that ride-the-wave kind of guy. But I had to get some structure because structure was important in football. Structure is important in life. So every Sunday for me, like, I ride out my whole week, like, from time, just like that board on, when we walk in. Um, so, no, I wasn't depressed. I was, I was lost, and I had to find structure. And um, once I found that structure, I was fine. That's what it was for me so yeah this uh,
0: what tips do you have for me or any entrepreneur that like may have transitioned out of a structured environment into more of a hey you're on your own like good luck you make up the rules now
1: i would say the biggest thing is trust the process don't be complacent i think complacency is the number one killer of like um getting things done, obviously. And it's the number one thing that will get you to feel stuck is like, oh, I could just do it tomorrow or I can do it later or everything's gonna be okay. Cause that's one dangerous thing Dangerous thing about me is like, I can be like, well, everything's gonna pan out. Everything's gonna be okay. And I get complacent and not do anything. Um, so if I have to give a few tips that'd be like, trust the process, don't be complacent. And the last thing is like, do some soul searching. Like really understand what do I really love? What really gets me going? What doesn't feel like work? And use that to fuel you. And when you do that, you'll find your purpose. I think one of the biggest things we do is like, oh, I want to find, find, find my purpose. I want to I want. to find my purpose. I want to find my purpose. I want to do exactly what I feel like I'm called to do. You don't know that until you soul-search and try different things, and you'll be okay.
0: What goals do you have now?
1: I'm riding the wave, bro. Yeah? I have no goals. I'm just like, take care of my baby, take care of my daughter. Um, and ride the wave and just kind of see what happens uh my biggest thing is just um trust the process and just trust everything's gonna be okay and you know gotta kind of lead me in the way where i'm supposed to be i'm just, i'm still like doing things kind of fair okay like how can i help how can i give influence how can i you know get the message out i don't really have a goal i've never been like a big goals guy i was telling you bro i just ride the wave and it's funny because when i hear you doing a vision board i'm like I think I should probably do that to see what that does for me. Because that, even hearing you say like putting stuff and like seeing it in five years, like just seeing hearing you do that makes me think like yo, I think that could be good. I think like doing that can make you like have you have you have a little juice or have a little drive to do something.
0: It's really hard though. I'm, I'm I set goals every year, like to even do like a six month checkup. Mm-hmm. i have never done a vision board, and to actually like think about oh, I want to, um, I want three kids. I like literally on my vision board, I said, I want an oldest daughter and then two boys. Mm-hmm. Like what do you actually want it to look like? And then I said, this is the high school that they're going to go to. And I think it's very, I think it's very important. Look, cause the thing is I'm, I'm super go with the flow. Like you are mm-hmm. my mentor has, has encouraged me to like be more structured like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I do think it's really, really important to be like super flexible and mm-hmm. realize like, Hey, you know what? This is something that, this is a a path that we're walking down, but we're open and willing to be redirected by whatever God has in store for mm-hmm. us. Um, but I think setting those goals and having that in destination in mind is important.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I think I'm honestly going to do that. I like I like that idea of a vision board and kind of like because when I think of a vision board, I would have to like do some deep thinking and really see like where would I want to be in five years? What house do I want to live in? You know. Will you have dreads? Well, like, no, I'm all I'm gonna, I'm done. with You're that done, helmet. dude? They look <laughs> sweet. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm done, bro. I got dreads because of football. That's it. Really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, you're, so you had to get an extra large helmet or something? Like, yeah, I
1: had to get a big helmet. I wanted like, the dreads to be out of the helmet, that whole thing. So I'm done with dreads, bro. And here we are. Yeah. Halfway to ball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you got another kid on the way?
1: Another baby, bro. June, July.
0: You got tips for me as a dad-to-be?
1: Sleep a lot before the baby comes. Does not happen when the baby comes. Just uh, <laughs> sleep a lot. Once the baby comes, you'll get the hang of it. Just You you, you learn as you go. But sleep. It's S- huge.
0: Said, appreciate the time, man. I always you, enjoy bro. it.
1: You're a good man. You're a good man, bro. Appreciate you, dog. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you found today's interview valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can also share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. And please head over to my website at www.andrewdeast.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you feel free to connect with me directly on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew D East. And thank you again. We hope to see you next time on redirected.